Well, hello there, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today is our 200th podcast episode. So, super excited about that. It's going to be a video and a podcast. So if you're listening, feel free to watch on YouTube. If you're watching, feel free to listen to, listen to it. Boom. Tongue twister. Uh, so today, like I said, 200 episodes. <laughs> like I said, it's a 200th episode. And I clearly haven't learned how to speak on these podcasts. But on the last 100 episode, we did like a Q&A with Crystal and I. We talked about, um, what, what, how did we do that? We had like people submit questions, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we just had them submit questions more so about us than like keto, fitness, that kind of thing. And we just talked about it. We talked about what our what our past was like, what our present's like, where our future's going, and we answered all the questions that we got. Um, so we're basically doing the same format for this 200th episode podcast. Uh, yesterday, Crystal put up a post on both of our profiles that said, submit your questions, we're going to answer them. So that's what we're going to do right now. For anybody that does not know, my blushing bride, Crystal Sykes, not Crystal Love, is my uh, partner in crime on this episode. So she's the guest here. And we're just going to rattle off some questions and answers. So, Crystal, how are you today? I'm wonderful. You're wonderful? Mm-hmm. Excited to answer some of these questions. I had to write them down, so I kind of got like a sneak preview of what we're going to answer. But Yeah, I haven't read them yet, so I don't know what yeah. what we're getting into. By the way, yeah. we're sipping on some some whiskey and Zevia right now in celebration for yeah. 200 episodes. Cheers. Cheers. Mine's not whiskey. What is yours? Water? Vodka. <laughs> Vodka and Zevia? Yeah, it's good. Um, We don't drink, but when we do, we drink with Zevia. That's true. Yeah. Um, So I guess for our questions today, so last time we did this, I think we actually just did an overview rather than having a bunch of questions asked to us. So I do have a bunch of questions. Some are nutrition related, some are fitness related, and some are just personal questions for us. So I'm probably going to just skip around like a fitness question, a personal question, a nutri- like all over the place. So is that cool? I like it. Let's dive in. Okay. So let's just go all in with this first one. And uh, someone said that they've been doing keto and they are starting to smell like ammonia. And they want to know why they're smelling like ammonia, if it'll go away, things like that. So this is the stereotypical keto breath, basically, which is a acetone. So you got three ketone bodies. You got acetoacetate, which is present in your urine. You've got beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is present in your blood. And you've got acetone, which is present in your breath. Acetone is the byproduct of the ketone bodies you're burning and the fat that you're oxidizing. So basically, as you adapt, you'll your body starts to change a little bit. You're going to be excreting more acetoacetate in your urine. That's why you're able to register on the urine strips the first couple weeks of being in ketosis. Uh, but then it fades away. And basically, the same is true with the prominence of your keto breath so when you first start the diet you might notice an a less than desirable breath and then as you get more deeply adapted that should subside and no longer be an issue now I, I i did read this question i wrote it down a little bit differently than i actually read it so i have another answer for this they were they've been keto for a while and they work out and they've noticed that they've smelled more like it recently than they had before and I can't attest to that when I was in my competition prep I smelt so strongly of ammonia that I I thought that they were using a chemical in the gym and I like couldn't breathe (laughs) because I was just breathing in my scent Um, I think it was coming out of my breath it was coming out of my pores Um, but at the 
the same time I was at a calorie deficit and I was burning through so much body fat and trying to get down to a low body fat um, for my competition. So if you aren't eating enough, it's possible that um, you might just be excreting a little bit more in your sweat and in your breath. And then also um, you might also... Uh, if you're over-exercising, that was another thing. If you're over-exercising, you're, you might just actually be burning through a lot. You might be um, extremely keto-adapted uh, during that time. That's that's kind of what my situation was. And reali- realistically, um, it's not really going to go away if you are enjoying your exercise and all that. But um, I do use a natural deodorant, and I feel like that actually helps. It is funny. like When you're going through a competition prep, your body's scent kind of takes the form of what you're going through. I, I had a buddy that was going through a prep and he was eating a lot of fish. And I swear that last month the prep, it just smelled like a fish. I could literally scent trail him throughout the gym. Um, I remember like you had a certain scent about you as well. And yeah. I, I can, there it was wasn't a, a fish scent though. No, it wasn't a fish <laughs> scent, but I remember opening up like one of your bags. Gosh, it must've been one of your like food bags or something. And I was like, wow, that smells like you during a prep. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. I think it was yeah. like your, I don't know supplement bag or something it's weird yeah what you um, got what's the next one okay so this next one is going to be a personal question um everyone's asking this so when are we going to have babies and how many do we want let's just get that out of the way <sighs> well if it was up to crystal I'm drinking vodka so we're <laughs> clearly not pregnant if it was up to crystal <laughs> we would have had babies a year ago yeah or more yeah but we don't have babies um so let me give you our little two-year plan here we have two years left we'll probably go into more detail on this part specifically in another question but as far as the babies are concerned um we we got married earlier this year in april april 28th and so we hadn't even married a full year yet we've known each other for quite some time but we don't want to have babies right at the gates we want to kind of enjoy (laughs) (laughs) we kind of want to enjoy our our married life without kids for a little bit longer before we have kids at least I do. Um, but also strategically from like a, you know, a proactive planning standpoint, like I want to make sure we have a solid foundation and base before we have kids. I feel that's the res- responsible thing for, for me as a future father to do. And right now, you know, the business is growing, but we haven't had the business for that long in the grand scheme of things. It hasn't been profitable for that long in the grand scheme of things. And it's doing well now, but, I mean, I want to make sure that that foundation is solid. I mean, we're still living in the warehouse, so I don't want to have kids while we're living in this warehouse. Uh, We have two years left remaining on this lease. Uh, We are currently looking to uh, build our own compound from the ground up in the future, near future. And once we have the land, once we have the, the new warehouse, and once we start building our own personal residence, that's when I feel like we'll be in a much better position to have some babies. Yeah. I'm very impatient when it comes to this subject. They'll but fly by them. you know what? I'm I'm actually just trying to be patient and enjoy my marriage and enjoy our growing our business together. This has been our baby and it's been a really good time. And I know, you know, having a kid is a really big step and We'll have it eventually. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to so I just get, flew in from Indiana today. I spent the past week with Adam, um, awesome guy. But we talked. He has two kids, so I, I spent time with his whole family. His two kids, and we were talking shop, talking about life and whatnot. And 
he's 10 years older than me, so I can kind of like look through his eyes and see what he's done, what direction he's taken, and kind of, you know, take from that, see how I want to take things my own self. And personally, I feel like if we were to have kids now, we, we would be fine, we would be happy, life would be good, but it would cause us by default to go down a path that would not be setting ourselves up for long-term success in the way that I would like to see it happen. Whereas I feel like if we have the patience to lay that further foundation and then have kids in about two years, that will set us up for a much better trajectory for both our lives as as individuals, but then also for our kids' well-being. We'll be able to offer them more if we take some time to kind of get some more things in place, get some more momentum going before we have kids. Moral of the story, Robert's always right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we're going <laughs> to stick with that, and we're going to wait. And um, when we do have kids, how many do we want? That was the other part wait, of the question. Wait, real quick. You, you say you want kids. I don't know you want kids, but mm-hmm. Crystal does support me 100% yes. in this decision. Like, yeah, let's get that clear. Like, we've made this choice together. Yeah. Like, this is our plan together as a couple. Robert didn't really make the plan. However, we did... We did wait a little bit longer than I would have liked to to get married. It's the same thing with kids. I'm just a little bit more anxious to get my, like, homestead stuff going. And that's okay. It's okay to, like, bend a little bit and figure out what's going to work together as business partners, as, you know, a, a marriage relationship and all that. So yeah. this is totally a joint team effort. Not 100%. Just, yeah. Uh, okay, so how many do we want? Um, so I'm thinking twelve. No, just what, kidding. What are you about? You're crazy. <laughs> You've been drinking too much over there. Um, I don't want twelve. I I'm thinking like between two and three. Yeah, like that is. You I don't say wanna, we, so it doesn't seem like we haven't talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. I'm thinking we're thinking two or three, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good healthy number. Um, plus when we're living on land, that that'll be two or three more. Head that we can use to <laughs> work on the farm, you know. Um, okay, on to the next question. How do you develop discipline and maintain diet long term? So f- let's start it out with I used to never care about what I ate, about what I, if I worked out or any of that kind of stuff. So I come from a very honest place where like four years ago, I was that person that had no discipline and no real want other than to you know maybe be healthier and feel a little better so realistically you have to figure out what your goals are you have to figure out what it is that you want and work towards that and developing the discipline is honestly just sucking it up and doing it I that may not be the best way of answering that but really that's kind of what Robert and I are all about it's just if you want something then you'll do it if you don't want it bad enough, then you'll continue to, how a lot of people say, forgive yourself and move forward, forgive yourself and move forward. But realistically, if you're, if you're going to get to a goal, you just need to suck it up and do it. Yeah. I, I feel like discipline is 100% not something you can just wake up one day and have. Yeah. Like you have to go through doing things that you don't like doing in order to build those habits and give yourself the perspective necessary to be able to grind out, you know, doing the same thing without fail consistently day well, after day after day. Yeah. Also, another thing is, like, on a lighter note, do something that you feel you can do, what you can accomplish. My sister actually was doing something recently where she changed one meal a week. 
So didn't do anything for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but she changed her coffee. So she for one week, she drank the coffee that she told herself she would have, whether it had butter or heavy cream or she just wanted to drink it black. Then the following week, she would have that same coffee, but then, then she changed her breakfast. And that became you know, something that she could be strict on. She'd have whatever she wanted for lunch or dinner. Then the following week after that, it was coffee, breakfast, and lunch. So it was like a slow trend upward of every week you're getting a little bit better and a little bit better, but it's it's a lot easier to do it that way. And that, that was just an example for her, what worked for her. Um, but just figure out what works for you and don't like jump into anything crazy unless you're ready for it. If you're not ready for it, then like slowly ease yourself into it. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Okay, so another uh, personal question is any plans for competitions? So it, it is public. I guess I can go ahead and speak freely about it now. Um, I made this announcement at the NACA competition two weeks ago. Uh, I haven't competed since 2017. That's when I earned my pro card, and I did uh, a GBO show and then a WNBF show. I did classic physique and open bodybuilding, and I won both of those. I haven't competed since then because I wanted to have plenty of time to, you know, have a, uh, a reverse diet, healthy reverse diet, healthy off-season, put on some more muscle. I feel like I've done that. I'm getting the bug again, so I'm going to scratch that itch and compete in 2020. My competition prep actually starts next month in November. Super excited about that. And it's going to be good. I have been strict keto now for over five years now, I guess. Um, and I'm I'm very keen to see how taking that time in the off season and really focusing on quality over quantity has allowed me to build on to my current physique and then be able to showcase that on stage. So it's going to be lights out, game over. Yep. And for myself, I don't plan on competing in bodybuilding um, anytime in the near future, but that can always change at a drop of a dime. So that could happen, or there's millions of other sports and other ways of challenging yourself, so that also might happen. We'll just have to kind of wait and see for that. I'm not going to give anything away, but Crystal's been talking about several different festivities that she wants to get into from like a competitive side. So I'm curious to see which of those or all of those, she uh, wrangles and tackles. Yep, pretty exciting. So on to the next. Uh, this is going to be a better one for you. So someone said that they've been doing keto for a while. They've been totally like losing weight, doing totally great. Um, however, they have two daughters, one of which went to the doctor, and her LDL was actually higher after starting keto. And I know that you have a recommendation of a video to watch, and maybe you have some insight. Yeah, so LDL scares a lot of people. I mean, cholesterol in general scares a lot of people, especially if they're just starting keto or have been keto for a while, and they go to a doctor, routine yearly checkup, and the doctor's like, oh, my gosh, your cholesterol's through the roof. We have to do something. We have to put you on a statin. Stop what you're doing. And I, I let me make a quick disclaimer here. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to play one on the Internet, but there's a lot of misconceptions about cholesterol from traditional doctors and family practice care that – they just don't know how the diet manipulates things. And one lecture that I feel personally opened, you know, opened the door for me and really kind of gave me a lot of insight into how to think about cholesterol with a high-fat diet is the first year's KetoCon, which is, I think, 2017. 
Dr. Nadir Ali had an amazing presentation on cholesterol. So anytime I have a client that has questions on cholesterol, uh, anytime I have any questions with regard to you know blood work, LDL, HDL, triglycerides at all, I always point them to that lecture. And if you t- it's on YouTube. So if you type in Dr. Nadir, which is N-A-D-I-R, Ali, A-L-I, uh, KetoCon speech, that should pop up and that will help you tremendously. Mm-hmm. Also, keep in mind that the the tests that they're running right now, they're comparing them to other people who are on a standard American diet, not a ketogenic diet. So you have to realize that there's different standards for us than there is the reg- the standard American diet. diet. <clears throat> yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. What is your guilty pleasure? Whether it be getting a massage or bubble bath or watching a show, what's your favorite? What's your guilty pleasure? Honestly, I mean, this right here, having a, having a glass of Zevia and a little bit of bourbon with my wife is pretty pretty good good um we don't normally drink hardly at all so this is out of the norm for us um i just like like occasionally relaxing a little bit like when i go hunting that's my guilty pleasure i mean it's not really even a guilty pleasure because sometimes i'm putting in work out there hiking up mountains with 80 pounds on my back but just simply getting out of the normal routine and doing something counter to what I do on a day-to-day basis is it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, but it's not anything that I feel is, you know, decreasing my performance or uh, hindering my ability to, to optimize going forward. So I don't really even feel it's guilty per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, guilty part, I don't feel guilty for it because we work hard all the time. That when we do get to do something that we enjoy, it's better for us we actually work harder we work better uh, when we do get to kind of take a chill pill mine is probably every Sunday Robert and I wake up and we take Jack on a drive and we go get a coffee and it's like my favorite time of the week and it's just a simple hour or two maybe Um, just driving around drinking our coffee with my puppy and my husband and that's Probably my favorite. That's definitely my my pleasure. Anytime I get time away with Robert to not be in front of technology or be distracted by our phones, just that that would be mine. It's a good one. And it's so simple. I mean Yeah. And it's honestly pretty cheap. I mean it's a cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Which Starbucks coffee is not really cheap, but not. in the grand <laughs> scheme of things it's a lot cheaper than going out for dinner or something. Yeah. Or a massage or something yeah. like that. Uh, all right, so let's see. Tips for um, being a hard worker, maybe even a business owner, but also learning to give self-care and actually care for your body a long while, you know, having a business and being just busy all the time. So I actually was asked this this past week, uh, and I feel kind of fortunate not lucky because it's by design, but fortunate because before I ever even built the business, I reverse engineered my life to figure out what it is that I wanted to do on a day basis, how I wanted to live, what I wanted to be defined as, and then I built a business around that as opposed to trying to mold my life around a business that I didn't feel as connected to. So I knew that I had a passion for you know, fitness and nutrition, and I knew that I wanted to be very active in my lifestyle. And I love bodybuilding. So I built a business around that so that ha- having having 
every aspect of your life complement every other aspect of your life is very, very important. I feel like a lot of people live lives that are disconnected, so they've got multiple buckets, and they can't fill all buckets at the same time because they're so distracted with the other areas of their life, and nothing's related. So if you focus on one thing, something else is, is getting the short straw. Whereas with our life, I feel like we've built it and created it in a way that even if we're not focusing on one area, it's not getting, it's not taking any steps backwards. It's still constantly getting some improvement, even if it's not the primary focus. So for me, you know, building a business in the fitness and nutrition space, I would be, I would consider myself a fraud or hypocrite if I was telling people on advising people on how to properly train and eat and then not doing so myself. So I make that a priority. That's why I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and get my workout out of the way. I get my my meals all, you know, prepped and everything so that I can be 100% solid and good to go without any distractions. And then my my own personal, uh, you know, health never has to take a hit. It's kind of like the whole concept of when you're in a plane, they tell you to put the air mask on, you know, yourself before you put it on anybody else. I mean, you have to kind of take that same approach to your life because you can be able to help more people if you're solid. Yeah. Um, I... Robert has always been very much into exactly what he said. Like your everything in your life has to meld together. It has to work together. And for me, I never really saw it that way until he came along and he's like, hey, these are all the things that I want and this is the way it's going to be. So you can either help and jump on board and we can make sure that both of the things that we both... You're making me sound like a terrible person, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> the things that we both want and and want for our lives, it actually goes together. And and it should never be a, like you're a terrible person because you've helped me to make every aspect of my life work together. And you've, you know, it's it's just been, it's been great to be able to build your life around all the things that you love and, I don't know, make time for everything. However, um, I cut myself to wanting to be at the same standard as Robert, who is like a robot. If you guys have not noticed, he just goes and goes and goes and goes. And I cannot do that. My body will not do that. I have done, you know, YouTube videos and whatnot of hormone stuff that's gone on with me. Uh, my cortisol just is non-existent and it, like, things like that. So I have actually taken this has taken a toll on my body because I've tried to do something out uh, outside of what my body and my mind can actually handle. So my biggest thing is don't try to keep up with the Joneses, whether it's your husband or your business partner or whatever, do what works for you. And if you have to take extra time aside to meditate three times a day, then do it. If you have to take 30 minutes to eat your meal so you can properly digest it, then do it. Whatever it takes, it, it, you know, we've been building this business and doing all the things that we do for a couple of years now. And I wish I would have started all that in the beginning rather than having to learn the hard way and seeing, you know, hormone tests come back. I'm not so great and it just taking a toll on my body. So start it now. Don't wait until later. Start it now. Start taking care of your body the way it needs to be taken care of. Um, I mean, you can simply go to a chiropractor or a massage therapist or lay on your floor for 10 minutes every four hours. Whatever it is that you need, just do it. 
even put a, an alarm on your phone to go off however often you need it and take that time for you or your body will tell you later on. <laughs> I totally agree, but I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a second okay. here and say that there will be times in your life when you have to push your body and your mind beyond what you feel is natural or desirable. I mean, and that's okay too. Like I'm, I'm happy that I've come to a place where I, I can know when to push and I know when to relax a little bit, but I've had some definite periods of my time of my life where I just had to push and I'm glad that I did that. It wasn't sustainable, but it was necessary. So Know what you're capable of, but also know that it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, and sometimes you gotta, yeah, you gotta put in the work. I will say, I did not say to go watch TV every night for two hours, or go, you know, stare at a screen or scroll through Facebook or whatever. Don't do those things. Those are the things that are going to take away from you. Those are the things. If you're scrolling through it at night before you go to bed, that's going to take away from your sleep quality. So I definitely agree with Robert, but know yourself. And if throughout the day you find yourself getting stressed or overworked, then it's okay to take 10 minutes here and there. But again, like we don't, we choose to not watch TV or we, you know, to even own a TV um, because it's a distraction from what we truly want in our lives. Yeah, I feel like you, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but I feel like a worthwhile question to ask yourself every single day as you do every single thing is, is this moving me closer to my goals? And you've heard that before, but be honest with yourself. Like if you're watching the 10th episode of some show on Netflix and you're just binge watching it, that that is not you taking a moment for yourself and relaxing. That's just you being unproductive. So be honest with yourself in knowing that and admitting to that and recognizing that it's not moving you closer to your goals. Like have have times where you tap the brakes a little bit if you need to relax and take some time for yourself, but don't ever let yourself go off the deep end and just not work and make pretty significant improvements in some form or fashion every single day. Yeah, I like that. So another personal question. When you were younger, what did you think you would be doing now? You go first. I didn't think about this one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I totally was like the, I can't wait to have babies, like get married, have babies, and do all the th- things. So when I was younger, I, I don't even know how young I was, but I always had it in my mind. I was going to get married when I was like 21, 22, and I was going to have probably like two kids by the time I was 27, and um, hi, that's not my life. Um I thought I thought that I never ever thought I would be a business owner. Um, I often thought I would want to be like a um, some sort of in something in the medical field. I went to school for uh, medical assisting and worked in a urologist's office, things like that. So I thought I would just work in the medical field until I had babies, and then after I did that, I would be a stay-at-home mom and then maybe I would go back to the medical field. But I am very far away from that, and uh, I like my life a lot better now. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It kind of depends on when you were to ask me this question. Like, for a while there, my aspiration was, after I graduated from college, I was going to go to Alaska and be a mountain man with no 
technology. Like I prided myself in not knowing how to work a computer. And I was just going to be out in the woods and have nobody to answer to and just do my thing. <laughs> and I look at my life now, but th- there was definitely a period of time after that where I'm like, okay, business is where it's at. I want to be in business. I've always wanted to be in business. And for me, it was it was more a matter of just living life on my terms and not having to answer to anybody because life's too short to not be happy. And I wanted to be living my life on my terms. So whether I'd gone to Alaska and not depended on anybody and lived by my by myself out in the pristine wilderness or built up a business in which I was living on my own terms, both were accomplishing the same goal. They were just totally opposite ends of the spectrum. And I wound up going the business route. And I'm glad I did. I, I still love the outdoors, obviously, and I spend as much time outside as I can. But I'm able to accomplish that um, same end goal by not having to be a mountain man and wear a breechcloth. Okay, so next question would be, is it possible to gain muscle in a deficit to lose fat? To lose fat? Does that make sense? So um, if you're in a deficit to lose fat, is it possible to also gain muscle? Yeah, it is definitely possible. I mean, your body is going to adapt to the stimulus that you subject it to. And if you're training hard, your body has to adapt to that stimulus. And it's going to do so through muscle protein synthesis. It's going to build more more muscle tissue, and you're going to be able to build muscle. However, you're not going to be optimized for building muscle if you're not intaking enough fuel because your body requires that fuel to build that muscle tissue. So if your primary goal is to lose body fats, then make that your primary goal. And any muscle gain is just... A bonus. Mm-hmm. Whereas if your primary goal is to build muscle, then optimize for that and don't be at a caloric deficit. I agree with everything that you just said. Um, so where's the next place we're going to be traveling to? Okay, so this is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, we are recording this podcast on Thursday. On Sunday, we are leaving for Cancun. And that sounds like a pretty cool trip. Oh, they're going to Cancun, yada, yada, yada. But uh, just to give you some backstory. This trip to Cancun is the trip that I won when I won my pro card back in 2017, and it's about to expire. So we're like, shoot, this is about to expire. I think it expires the end of this year, I believe. Yeah, uh, March 2020. Mm-hmm. March 2020, and I'm gonna be prepping then, so it didn't make sense to do it then. So we're doing it now, and honestly, we didn't even want to do it. Like we were planning on just scrapping it. But I remember I, I was on the stage the day I won my competition, and they said, uh, you know, you won this trip to Cancun, congratulations. And whoever the, the commentator was, they, they knew that you were out in the audience or something. or that they, they asked me who I wanted to thank. Yeah. And I thanked you for all that you had done helping me, you know, prepping my meals and just being there for me. Um, and then they asked if I wanted to take you to Cancun, and I said, you want to go to Cancun, baby? I screamed out in the audience, and you said, what'd you say? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, so, like, that memory flashed into my head right as I was about to not, you know, take up, take this this trip, and then it was like, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't not take this trip. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. 
Yeah, when he decided to do it, I was like, you're crazy. Why are we doing this trip? We don't need to do this trip. We don't need to travel more. We don't, you know. And when he told me that, I was like, God, now we have to go. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good, though. I mean, it's it's not going to be like this crazy. I think a lot of people yeah. go to Cancun and just like get drunk yeah. and party and eat a bunch of food and stuff. We're going to go as a as a work trip, honestly. Like, we're going to take this time to just be incredibly creative um, and work on all the future business endeavors, get organized for 2020, and just hit the ground running when we come back. So it'll be good. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, like, people – I've had a couple of people say, well, don't use that as a work trip. Don't da, 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 da. But when you really, really love what you do like we do and you love your employees and you love all the things that you're doing, you get excited about it. And times like that, getting out of your norm is actually very helpful in getting different ideas and being creative and just being able to shoot ideas off each other without all of the distraction of, um, you know, computers and whatnot. Of course, we'll still have our our work stuff with us, but um, sometimes it's just a better opportunity to even have a connecting talk uh, without the distraction of everything else running around and being all busy. 100%. So exciting. Excited for that. All right. Next would be, have you ever experimented with higher protein ratios, like a 60% protein protein ratio? Yes. So I've actually played around with higher protein quite a bit. I did a a formal experiment with it with Danny a while back, but we did a three-month experiment. One month was higher fat, one month was higher protein, and one month was one-to-one believe if I remember correctly mm-hmm. uh, on the higher protein month I don't remember what the, our, our actual macro grams were but I noticed I felt stronger I felt like I could just walk through walls and I felt more powerful in the gym but I also felt a little bit more lethargic throughout the day I felt more bloated my weight went up a little bit from water retention and that bloating and I also noticed a dip and blood ketone readings, and an increase in blood glucose ratings. And I I did an in-body scan after each one of these month uh, manipulations. And I know in-body scan is not the gold standard by any means, but that's just what we had at the time. And I didn't increase any significant amount of muscle at all. And I did notice an increase in body fat percentage, according to the in-body. So for me, feeling stronger, but not necessarily seeing an increase in strength, I didn't really see an increase in strength. My my lifts stayed pretty consistent. Um, it just didn't it just didn't warrant doing that. Like I didn't feel as good. I wasn't as productive mentally. wasn't as sharp, and I felt more tired. And I wasn't actually building muscle. So I said I prefer the higher fat ratio. Mm-hmm. I prefer higher fat. However, I have played with my protein and found it beneficial to increase it. Just for me, I just. That's my my own individual body. I did really, really well at the 80% fat. The whole time I did my competition prep, I was super high fat, felt amazing. Uh, however, you know, after trying out different things and, um, you know, trying to do some things to heal hormones, I ended up trying to increase my protein a little bit, which right now I'm, I'm generally in the higher 60s, lower 70s of fat percentage and I feel really great. I I haven't actually had like a higher protein ratio than fat and I 
played around with super high protein a little bit, but I, I really, I honestly, I felt really terrible. My joints hurt. I just, I really felt not great at all. But with the protein that I found recently, um, I noticed that I don't have as much inflammation and it's possible that the, the types of fat I was eating was what was causing my inflammation rather than the actual percentage. So pay, pay attention to what you're eating rather than specifically the ratios. Um, you have to, you know, recognize that you're eating, you know, if you're eating fat bombs and you're just eating pounds of butter that, you know, maybe that's not best for you. Maybe you should mix it up between coconut oil and MCT and olive oil. You know, there's tons of different types of fat. Um, so not don't just put all the weight in the ratios. However, I do feel better on a higher fat ratio, um, but also pay attention to the types of foods that you're eating. Yeah, and quick little uh, spin off of that. When you're trying to build muscle, like if you listen to me for a while, you know that I take my protein very low in a competition prep, but that's not a sustainable level either. I, I, I have quite a bit of protein in my diet now. I mean, I'm probably consuming north of 200 sometimes even more north of 250 grams of protein a day. But my fat gram intake is also very high. So my fat ratio stays high, but my protein has increased drastically. You don't want to be under-consuming and not getting enough protein. How did Robert get so lucky? That's the next question. No, that was my question. Oh. Um. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. That was my question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not luck. It's just skill. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so what is your favorite exercise and why? Can I pick two? No. You can pick one, and I hope you don't take mine. All right, so I'm going to go with deadlift. Okay, that's fine. You're going to go with squat? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one or the other, so I figured I'd say one and you'd say the other. Those are my two favorite. Um, but if I had to pick one, it would be deadlifts because with squat, I mean, you're, you're – you're targeting, you know, obviously legs when you're doing squats. And the way I do deadlifts, it's more of a back target, but you can manipulate it to make it more leg focused. But you're going to stimulate more muscle, more muscle groups with deadlift over squat. And I feel like it's more of a practical move. Like if I had to pick one, it's more practical, like picking up things as opposed to putting them on your back and squatting with them. Mm-hmm. But I love both. And if I had to pick one exercise, that'd be it. Okay, so I agree with Robert on deadlifts or squats. I love both of them, and I generally go back and forth between the two on which one I like more at the time. Right now, mine is squats, and I I sometimes get a little bit of anxiety over my squat day because I I put a pressure on myself to get like a certain amount of weight or reps or sets or something like that. So it might cause me a little bit of anxiety before I start it, but it is actually my favorite exercise. And deadlifts are, are also on the same, it's about the same level, but I just happen to go back and forth between the two. Um, but mostly because it, they are both almost full body movements. You're mainly for squats, you're using your, all of your legs, um, your glutes and a lot of your core muscles. And then the same thing with deadlifts, which for us, we generally use a little bit more back with the, um, help from the legs. So, it kind of just depends, but again, I agree with Robert. Both of those are my favorite. Right now, it's squats because they're amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> 
Uh, all right. So let's see. Um, oh, so someone was asking about, well, there's two different questions. So I'm going to ask the full question and then I'm going to break it down into the two. So they have been exercising about two or three hours a day and it's getting hard to keep up with that. They're also under eating. Be- two or three hours a day? Uh-huh. Is that what I said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they're exercising about two or three hours a day, weight training and cardio, mostly weight training. And then um, and then they're also under eating. So they were asking how to slow down on the exercise and how to increase in the food and how to, like, tips on reverse dieting, things like that. Um, because they're just, they've been doing it for so long that they're afraid that as soon as they start to not exercise as often or start eating more, that they're going to gain weight. <clears throat> All right, so there's definitely a point of diminishing returns with training. Like if you overtrain, granted most people who think they're overtraining probably aren't overtraining. It's much harder to do than people realize. Um, but if you're training two or three hours a day hard, and those are two or three hours of intense training and you're under eating chronically, then you're only going to be doing harm at that point. So what I would recommend doing is titrating the cardio down, emphasizing the heavier base resistance training as you increase calories gradually. So you don't want to totally stop cardio. uh, That would be a a negative shock. You want to basically titrate that down slowly over the course of, uh, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I, I would need a little bit more information, but titrate that down slowly over the course of several months Um, keep doing some cardio, like always do some cardio as a baseline, but uh, don't do it, you know, every single day by any means. Um, Maybe, you know, once, twice, three times a week probably is totally fine. And then uh, with the time gained from not doing that cardio, focus on lifting heavier weights for better quality form and making sure your body has enough rest time in between each uh, of the muscle groups. Like if you're doing squats one day you don't necessarily want to do squats the next day like make sure you've got ample time to recover that muscle group as you're increasing calories gradually again you don't want to just ramp up calories by 500 or 1000 calories overnight you want to titrate that up slowly by anywhere from 50 to 100 calories each week over the course of several months or even years and as you're lifting heavier weights giving your body more reason to build muscle it'll use that increase in calories and you won't be at a detriment from overdoing cardio. So that would be my take on it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I actually do know this person, but um, just for the general people listening, I, I, if this was me, I would have to expect about a five-pound increase in weight, and you have to be okay with that. More than likely, it will be a healthy five pounds, and it will likely happen in the beginning So everything will even out. So just be okay with the extra five pounds or so. Some some people will not gain any weight, um, but you have to be okay with a little bit like five pounds. That that is nothing. Um, It is food that is going to be in your belly. It's going to be from um, just maybe muscle. You might be actually building more muscle the more you eat. Your body will actually have energy to use. Um, and then also you might have a little bit of extra fat and that you just have to be okay with that. Um, but that, that would be my, 
like two cents, everything that Robert said, but also knowing that there might be a little bit of weight gain, but give yourself several weeks and be okay with that. And it will even out, um, your body will stop gaining weight. But if you've been chronically under eating and over exercising, your body is going to want to take all of that food and store it for a little bit until it knows that it's in a safe place. Cause right now you are not in a safe place. So um, it needs to know it's in a safe place before it can stop storing your food as fat. So yeah, totally. Um, that would be my two cents on that. All right. So what is your the food you hate the most? The food I hate the most? Yeah. Like a keto food that you hate. Oof. I don't know um, that there is any for you. All right. So I'm going to be a little brash here. I hate all these stupid keto bars <laughs> that are coming to the market just to make a quick buck. Like, I'm probably going to sound biased since I own a food product, the Keto Brick, but I, I welcome other companies coming to the scene. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like a rising tide raises all ships. So I've helped other companies come to the scene. I don't have this, um, you know, adverse response to that. Like, bring on the more people that are into the space, the more people know about keto, the healthier we get the more the better. But I have an issue with all of this influx in ketogenic products that are just not very good quality. Um, It's just people that are there to make a quick buck. And I understand that that's just going to come with the territory. Like when you have something growing as rapidly as keto, there is money to be made there and people are going to capitalize on that. But I feel... Like, we never even plan on making this into a business. We never plan on making Keto Brick into a product. We just made it because we believed in it. We needed it for our own personal use, and it became something that people could get behind and use and enjoy themselves. And I take pride in that. I will never sacrifice ingredient quality. I'm going to put the best stuff I can into the bricks every single time, no questions asked. We lost money for so long initially because we didn't have good infrastructure Uh, We made all the wrong mistakes, and the ingredients we use are incredibly expensive. We spend a lot of money on ingredients because we want the best thing out there in them. So all these food bars that are coming into the space with some crazy equation written on the back of, there's 25 grams of carbs in here, but if you subtract this, 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 and this, you only get one net carb. Like, that's just, for one, it's just dishonest to the the ignorant consumer that doesn't know. They, they just look at the front of the label, and in big, bright packaging, it says one gram net carb. We're keto-friendly. Eat us up. Spend the money. And it's only for, like, a 150, 200-calorie bar. Like, don't mean to boast here, but if you look at what the keto brick is, 1,000 calories, calorie for calorie, our product is at a better price point. It's got better ingredients, and it's actually legitimately keto. So I'm not trying to make this into a sales pitch for keto, bricks but i just get frustrated at the crap coming into the market diluting quality stuff that is in the keto space and trying to take advantage of the people that don't know better yeah that goes for like the little breads and things that are out there too that are coming out it's like you literally have wheat in there and you're saying that it only has two grams of carbs you kidding me i'm still not going to put wheat in my body um my keto thing that i really really don't like is all seafood other than anchovies. I love anchovies on my pizza. I don't know why. I love them. That's the only seafood that I actually like. Uh, also, not really a huge fan of red meat. I do like to have the occasional steak. So that's pretty much it. And people think I'm 
crazy. You also love frozen liver. Yeah, nope. Robert hates when I make that noise too. Also, sorry. Um, and I also really don't like avocado. Yeah. So there's like a lot of keto things that I actually don't like. Um, but you know that's why I have keto bricks. So you just turn that into a total sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we have a, this product for a reason. We made it because we love it, and then yeah. it just so happened we wanted to sell it. Uh, okay. So, what is your favorite genre of music? Uh, it depends what I'm doing. I know that's totally also kind agree. of a cop out, but I listen to everything. Like yeah. I have a pretty diverse array of music. I grew up on classic rock. My dad, like that's all he listens to is classic rock. So I grew up listening to all classic rock, which I love. Um, but I don't jam to classic rock when I'm working out. If I'm working out, I'm pretty much listening to rap. And honestly, it's because I like the beat. Mm-hmm. I, I lift in reps better when I've got a, a higher tempo beat because I superset everything, so I'm able to just kind of flow with that rhythm better. I really like NF. I feel like he's a clean artist. He doesn't have just a bunch of superficial uh, you know, nonsense in his lyrics, and he's very talented, so I like him. But, yeah, I listen to everything. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. I would say... You want to know what Chris listens to when she works out? Stop it. <laughs> she goes to Pandora and types stop. in twerk radio. <laughs> Okay, first of all, I don't use Pandora, and second of all, that was like five years ago. No, that was like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Twerk Radio has really great um, beats, so <laughs> don't give me a hard time about that. Um, however, I if I'm just working around the house or something like that, I really enjoy the country music from the 90s um, because that's just what I grew up on. I love it. I love all the artists back then. Um, and then also, same thing as Robert, rap is what I would like to listen to when I'm working out or twerk radio, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but NF is also one of my favorite artists. Um, very clean. I feel like you, I mean, it's it's a little bit hard at certain times, but um Definitely feel like I could listen to it at any point without offending people. So, yeah, I didn't mention I also love country. Like, if I'm out in the woods or grilling a steak or shooting the bow, I'm not listening to rap then. I'm listening to some good old Chris Stapleton or something. Yeah. Also, Robert loves to sing Elvis Presley. Yeah. Like, loves it. That's like all he sings. Every time I ask him to sing, he'll sing Elvis. I'm all shook up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, several of these are just more, like, personal questions, so we'll kind of, like, end this, I guess, with a more personal side. All right. Um, most embarrassing moment. I know that's a really hard one. I don't even, th- I can't even think of one. I don't really get embarrassed. Like, I'm, I'm so confident in who I am and where I'm going, and this sounds like I'm trying to be boastful, but it's not. Like, I just, I'm so sure of who I am. That I don't really get embarrassed easy. Okay. Uh, I will tell you one that happened more recently. So I was on my competition day. We were all getting our spray tans and we were all getting our suits like glued on to us and everything. And the floor that we had to walk on was hardwood. And I don't know if you guys have seen um, competitors, like female competitors. We wear like four inch high heels, which hi, I already don't wear heels in the first place. But I put them on for show day, and backstage it was super slippery, and in front of everyone, I totally, totally biffed it. Like, totally slipped in my heels, and it was super embarrassing, because you're just, yeah, it was really bad. I was so embarrassed. But when, when was I embarrassed last? Do you remember? 
Do you know of any? Um, I mean, sure, there's something, but I cannot for the life of me think of any. <laughs> you just don't, you don't, you don't care. You just don't get embarrassed ever. If I think of one before this podcast up, I'll, I'll say what it is. Okay. I'm going to try to think of one too. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, oh, if you could have chicken wings or steak for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Steak. I would choose chicken wings. On the bone? Yeah. That's what chicken wings are. Yeah, but you don't like eating chicken wings. I don't like bone. chicken wings and I don't really like steak, so. <laughs> I'd rather eat chicken though. Yeah. Makes sense. If your house was on fire, what would be the first two things you grabbed but not a living creature? Like no humans, no animals, nothing. Okay, so it's kind of funny because like in the past the answer would be like pictures or something like that. But with the cloud, you can literally have access to your pictures if yeah. you lose everything. So I wouldn't say that. What I would say is this, my great-granny, great-great-granny, was awesome. I was very young. I didn't really get to know her because I was so young, but I was the first great-grandson she had, and uh, she died before there was any more great-grandsons, but she, she used to always call me Little Boy Blue, and she made this massive blue quilt, and... That was always very sentimental to our whole family. So I would grab that. And then she also gave all of her sons a big silver dollar. And she gave me one as well since I was the only great-grandson. And I have no idea what the silver dollar is worth. I don't care what it's worth because it's sentimental. But both of the two things that I would grab are from her. Actually, I took that back. There's one thing. So I've got this box of all the little love letters and everything Crystal wrote me Aww. when we were, before we ever even started officially dating, like all the fights that we had, like just all the, the drama that comes with a new relationship. And there's a lot of sweet messages in there. So I would, I would probably grab that. That's really sweet. Yeah. Um, I got a little teary-eyed with the whole quilt there. A second that was yeah. that was really sweet um okay so i really can only honestly think of one thing and i d haven't really i haven't taken it off really since we got married um other than to like work out and things like that but i just got this like silicone ring because my ring is a little bit too big and i would say if i were to only grab one thing or two things I probably would grab my wedding ring because I'm not wearing it uh, because not only did Robert give it to me on our wedding day, and that means a lot, but it was also my mom's, and that's like, ooh, I'm getting, like, all choky. Oh, that's not okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it was also my mom's who passed when I was very little, and that's, like, one of the only things that I have of hers that means so much to me. Um, I'm so getting teary-eyed right now. Oh, you um, better start dripping out of your eyes. I know. Um, but that, the ring honestly means so much to me um, from both my marriage point of view and also um, just because of my mom. So 
I I can't think of anything else I would I would honestly grab. I things I've I've tried to not um, put a put items on a pedestal and not carry things around with me my whole life um, just to look at or just to have. They have to have some sort of meaning or a, a role in my life, or I just really don't hold on to those things. So that would definitely be my my one little thing. I'm so sorry for getting emotional <laughs> on you guys. That was really, I don't even know why I got Good all question. teary-eyed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yep, those are all those ones. Okay, so um, if you were eating OMAD, what time would you choose to eat? I, well, we, we wake up and we train early. So I would probably, I'd probably eat. All right, so let me just give a quick little rundown. We'll wake up at 3, we train at 4. I want to eat relatively early to that four, that training period, but I don't want to eat so, you know, early in the day that I lose productivity during working hours because if I have a big, massive meal, which I would if I was doing OMAD, no matter what that meal consists of, I'm going to see a dip in energy, and I want to be super productive during working hours. So I would probably push that big meal until, like, 5 p.m. or so. Yeah, I... Because we do work out so early, I would, and I, honestly, during the end of my prep when I was doing OMAD, I was eating at like 11 a.m. And that would still be probably my preferred time only because I train early. Um, it's just a, it's the middle of the day. However, I have noticed that sometimes I do get tired after I'm done working out. So, um, I'm sorry, after I've, I've actually after I've eaten um, so if I started to notice that coming on, I would definitely push my meal off until later in the day, but I like to fuel myself after my workouts, like within a couple hours. Yeah. So, um, okay. So if you could live anywhere in the whole world, where would it be? Honestly, we're looking at Northwest Arkansas for when we buy land and build our compound, compound 2.0. And honestly, that's where I want to be. Like, Northwest Arkansas is where it's at. Like, we're close enough to all of our family here in Arkansas that we can see them, you know, at a moment's notice. But we're in, like, a specific part of Arkansas that I find to be the most beautiful and just, like, offer the most opportunity. So that's that's where, that's where I would go. It sounds super cheesy, but I definitely agree with that. So people actually ask me how I like Arkansas, how it's been, because I've lived in California, Washington, and now Arkansas. And I always tell people I would never move to another state in my life. Like, I love it here. I miss my family. They're all um, on the West Coast, and that's a little bit hard to be far away from them. But at the same time, like, I love it here. I love Robert's family, and they're now my family. Um, I just, I think it's absolutely beautiful, especially where we're looking to live in the future, we, where we had lived previously for a full year but I, I love it there. I, I wouldn't even want to move to a different country or like some people would say like London or wherever. And I just, I love it here. Like this is, yeah. this is my home and I don't want to go anywhere else. Arkansas is without a doubt a hidden jewel. Like nobody knows about Arkansas. Nobody talks about Arkansas. Like every time people hear that I'm from Arkansas, the only <laughs> thing that they seem to know about is, oh, that's where the Clintons are from. Yeah. It's like, the- yeah, but there's a whole lot of other things going for Arkansas. Um, but yeah, Arkansas is where it's at. Yeah, it is. All right, so we only have like two more questions left. 
Um, very simple. Have you ever broken a bone? Yeah. I, broke, <laughs> I had never broken a bone, and I was, like, pretty proud of that. It's like my brother's accident prone. He's broken all kinds of bones, and I've never broken a bone. And then I drop a 45-pound plate on the tip of my toe, and I broke the very tip of my big toe. And that was, what, about two or three months ago now, I guess? Yeah, it was a couple of months ago. And he was so mad because he had just worked up to, like, running several miles and, like, feeling amazing. Yeah. And then he had to stop running. Yeah, I was running six miles a day every single day. And then I broke my toe. And then I couldn't run for weeks. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah, that's really bad. It still hasn't grown back properly. Like, my toe looks janky right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, okay, this is actually... You the, haven't broken a bone, I guess? No, I'm sorry. I've never broken a bone because I'm super awesome like that, and my bones are made of steel. Yeah. Just kidding. Drop a 45-pound plate on your toe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm so surprised I've never broken a bone because I've, I've played lots of sports and been pretty rough on my body, but I drink lots of milk when I was growing up, so... <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so actually the last question is, and we've almost already answered this before, but it's kind of a little bit different. If you could only work out one body part for the rest of your life, what would it be? Not the movement, but the actual body part. Um, I don't really know what mine would be. I have mine. Probably, probably Back, I feel like back would make the most sense. Um, as long as you say glutes, I'm good to go. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Wow, wow. Uh, so actually, mine is core. I hate working core. core. Yeah, I hate working my core, like as in working my abs. But your core is so important when squatting, deadlifting. Doing almost anything that you do in life, just sitting in a chair, walking around, holding yourself up. That is the most important thing to have when you begin exercising is to have core strength. And uh, so that would be, and it, it, it's kind of relatable to back because that's, I mean, that is yeah. your core. That is what's holding you together. So, yeah, um, yeah that would definitely be my, my go-to. I like it. I like it. No more questions? That's it. That's all of them. All right. Well, let's, let's just recap with this, y'all. We... Are excited about our future. We have a lot of good things coming up. We have we've come a long way in the past hundred episodes of this yes. podcast. I mean, a lot's happened over the course of that time. Um, I'm incredibly proud of what we've been able to build over the past year and a half, two years. Incredibly excited for where we're going, and incredibly thankful for all of y'all that have watched us us on YouTube, listened to us on the podcast, followed us on Instagram. I mean. A lot of influencers and businesses, they say that because it's like they feel like they're supposed to say that. But, like, we freaking mean it. And, like, every single day, Crystal and I look at each other and we're like, I feel like this, I feel like I don't even deserve this. I feel like it's, like, we're so blessed and so happy for all the support that we receive that it just motivates us that much more to keep keep pushing out there for y'all. So, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I hope the next 100 episodes is even better. Mm-hmm. And the the future is even better. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to add more value than I take. Like, that's that's my that's my goal. So, thank you for listening to this podcast, watching us on YouTube, and 
being there for us because Crystal, myself, our whole crew, this whole brand, and everything we stand for is possible because of you. You getting words, babe? No. You spoke them all. You spoke them all? Yeah. Well, I like this whole do a Q&A at, at 100 episode mark. So yeah, I do too. Definitely have to do this again. Yeah, Q&A or just a, like an overview of what we've done in the last 100 episodes and what we yeah. plan to do going forward. Well, it's neither of us have had finished this drink, so one more cheers okay. here. Cheers. cheers to 100 episodes, yep. 200 episodes total. Cheers to 100 more. 100 more. Until next time, y'all. Take care. <laughs>